You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 348, uh, entitled Interview with Jesse O'Brien from Efficient Lawn Care. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. And, of course, for those questions, the comments, the feedback that you guys have been sending through. And just a quick note, if you guys do uh, receive value from these episodes to... uh, uh, if it is uh, at all possible, drop a review uh, on iTunes. Uh, it really uh, does help me uh, quite a bit if you're able to do that. And uh, yeah, also, if you guys would like to uh, come on to the podcast and share your story, uh, the easiest ways to do that is uh, go to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com, go to the contact page, and you can uh, drop me an email through there. Or if you uh, uh, follow me on Instagram, you can send me a DM and we can uh, set something up. So uh, without further ado, ado, I would like to uh, welcome Jesse O'Brien to the show. Hey, Jesse, how's it going? Oh, not too bad yourself. I'm doing very good. Thank you so much for coming on to the uh, podcast. I appreciate it. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. So uh, for those that don't know you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, well, you know, my name is Jesse O'Brien. I own own and run Efficient Lawn Care and uh in Canada, I guess, or okay. the east coast of Canada, Prince Edward Island. You know, we're just a small island. Not a lot of people are familiar with us, especially the ones overseas. Yeah. <clears throat> Very good. Um, and I started my business, though, probably just over a year ago, February of 2021. Okay. That's that's interesting. Uh, how was it uh, uh, starting a business in the middle of a pandemic? Well, it wasn't too bad considering I had the thought uh, years and years over the time. And I just, at this point in time, I figured now was a better time than any to start because I worked for a previously, previous lawn care company before that. Oh, okay. And then I ended up getting a contract with the public school branch here. So that uh, follows with that guy. I asked him if it was all right if I just done part-time mm-hmm. so i done part-time with them all that fall and well even the spring prior before i even went to the school and then i went wanted to go back see if he'd take me back in the spring to do the same thing part-time because i was still in the contract with the public school and it, he was looking for somebody full-time rather than part-time so at that point i decided well i may as well go and try to do see what i can do with myself so that's what I did, and my goal was to reach probably ten properties, and I ended up getting forty. Oh wow, that's that's a pretty uh, pretty awesome kickstart to your first year in business. 
Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes it uh, a lot easier uh, when you're able to uh, uh, jump in like that. Uh, so I'm guessing now that uh, lawn care is your main income? Uh, no, I guess you could say lawn care is more of like a side hustler, okay. side hobby, if you would, because now after my year contract with the school, I ended up getting full-time permanent with the public school, and it's a government job, so figured I'd keep that for a bit while I run my lawn care business. I had a guy, uh, my brother working for me last spring because, well, I was only wanted to get 10 and I ended up getting 40. And at that time I was probably working 18 hour days. Okay. Not like, so he was doing all my lawn care stuff Monday through Friday. And then I would do it Saturdays and Sundays. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So what, um, you mentioned uh, working for uh, another lawn care company as well previously. Um, so what first attracted you to the lawn care industry? I was always attracted to the lawn care industry. Back in uh, 2011, 2012, I worked for another company for two years. And then at that time, you know, family started to grow. I needed something more reliable. So I ended up getting a full-time 40-hour-a-week job. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't go back into the lawn care because here we only do it five, six months out of the year. Oh, okay. So very short season. Yeah. So what typically, when does it uh, typically start up there? Uh, typically starts probably mid-April, end of April and goes, depending on the weather, could go to the first of December for like lawn maintenance and stuff. Grass cutting normally goes till the first of November. Oh, Okay. Okay, so that's a, not too much different than here. Um, for many, many years, uh, when I started, it was always like clockwork, April 1st um, until uh, October 31st, Halloween would be kind of the end. Um, as sort of uh, global warming and things have uh, happened, uh, it's I've noticed it uh, extending more and more. So now I'm at um, basically mid-March. Uh, start going to sometimes mid-November uh, for lawn cutting uh, here on the west coast at least um, we have you know typical uh, mild winters um, for the most part uh, so yeah interesting it's a little bit uh, you're about a month month and a half uh, shorter uh, in that respect yeah. for uh, for the lawn cutting part of it <clears throat> so um are you currently, you mentioned your brother uh, was helping you out. Uh, do you uh, currently have plans for employees for this coming season? Um, no, no, this coming season, I'm just doing it all myself this time because like last spring I was working, working two full-time jobs on top of the business. Whereas this year I decided I'm only going to do the one part-time job, which is nights. Yep. Or yeah, one full-time job, which is nights, So I can do all my lawn care during the day. Mm-hmm. myself this year okay so this next uh question uh is one of my favorites because typically when i ask somebody who is an entrepreneur i get a different answer every time i ask them when i ask somebody who has a uh, part-time job a full-time job uh shift work that sort of stuff i typically get, typically get the same answer from them so it'll be interesting asking you because you're kind of in both camps there uh so how would you uh jesse o'brien define success uh success for me would be you know i set my goals and once i reach my goals it feels like success to me like my i got a high 10-year goal hope but i mean we'll see if that happens my plan is to leave 
move out of Prince Edward Island and move to the mainland. Okay. Stay on Prince Edward Island, but that's in 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. So once I reach that, that'll be success too. But this year, like I say, my goal was to get 10 properties and up getting 40. So to me, that's a success in my business. I don't have any, the only payments I have for my business would be fuel and insurance and a phone bill. I bought everything outright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned there, you know, a 10 year plan to leave Prince Edward Island. Um, is there a reason, uh, for that, uh, why you would want to come to the mainland or are there unique challenges with operating a business on the island there? No, no, there's, there's few, few businesses here, but I plan on staying here. I just want to expand to the mainland and have both running. You know what I mean? Almost like not a franchise, but. In the same idea, I guess, in a sense. Oh, okay. Okay, so your plans are to definitely uh, run with the lawn care business versus uh, the other uh, jobs that you're working on as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Very to good. me, to me, the lawn care is, it, it's relaxing. It's, I find it relaxing. I enjoy what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Depending, <laughs> I always say, people always ask me, because typically, you know, where I am on the Pacific Northwest with the amount of rain and stuff, people are like, you know, how do you like handle it? And, and you know, being out in the rain and all stuff. And I say, you know what, I'll admit, it's not the funnest. You get used to it and, uh, you know, you, you, you do it. But I tell you, when you're out there and the, it's sunny and the sky is blue, there's nothing that beats it. You know, being, <laughs> being exactly. out there doing it, it's like, it's it's awesome. Um, so <clears throat> people that uh, listen to the podcast and they follow me, they know that typically I'm in the dense city. My properties are very small for the most part. I have a few, uh, you know, handful of larger properties. Um, I sort of have, um, kind of, uh, a nice scenario where I, because I am in the dense city, um, mm-hmm. but it sort of still borders on rural, um, because I'm not in like Vancouver, I'm in a, a suburb. Uh, so there are some, you know, hobby farms and things like that that aren't too far away. Um, so there's a, a bit of a mix for me, but definitely more small, dense properties that I sort of target uh, and using things like Xmark Commercial 30 and 21 inch mowers and things like that. So to give people sort of an idea of what you are, um, you know, uh, working on, what size properties typically are you maintaining uh, and what type of equipment do you use to maintain that? Oh, well, my properties, I got like a 10 mile radius I do, um, which would be the country and then the city, mm-hmm. not so much downtown. I try to m- mostly aim for like half an acre, quarter acre properties because that's where the money is. Cause you get in and you get out. Yeah. In one. So that's what I typically aim. I got one or two properties that are probably about an acre. Then I got a one commercial property that I do. That's probably about three acres but it's a car dealership. So really it's only about maybe an acre worth of grass. Oh, okay. Okay. That's interesting. So I normally under an acre usually is what I go for. Okay. And I use a 2016 Kubota zero turn. Okay. And how do you gas powered 48 inch? Mm-hmm. How do you like that? I enjoy it. I got a, I got a good deal on it too. The guy I bought it off of just wanted enough to pay his loan off. Mm-hmm. So I got a wicked deal on it. Only had three hundred and five hours on it. I probably put another two hundred and fifteen on it last year. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm, I've had a couple issues with it, but mainly from mistakes, not really watching what I was doing. I had to put a belt on there, a drive belt on at one time, and I had to unlock my electric clutch on it to put the drive belt on. And I forgot to lock the electric clutch back in place, so I had to go buy a whole new electric clutch. Oh, <laughs> a bit of a, yeah, I guess a, a bit of a mistake there on your part. Yeah, yeah. I learned from my mistakes. Yeah, definitely. You won't make that uh, mistake again when no. changing a belt. <laughs> it's one of those things. It, it happens. Um, yeah, that's interesting uh, that uh, you got a bit of a mix uh, of properties there uh, as well. Uh, out, uh, And you said it's more country? Uh, no, it's a bit of a mix between country and I guess you would say city just because my business is located at a different area than where I live. Oh, okay. Um because where I live, I rent the property, so I keep my equipment. And that's where my business basically ran out. It was my father's property, which is in the country. Yeah. So I normally do them properties out in the country, you know, Fridays or Mondays. And then I take the equipment into the city to my house to do the properties in the city through the week. Oh, okay. I get it. <clears throat> that makes sense. Uh, so do you offer any services that are not lawn care or landscaping related, uh, like power washing or window cleaning, for example? Uh, no, I've done a bit of gutter cleaning and a couple of tree trimmings there back in the fall. But I was, I was asked to do snow removal too, because snow removal is a big thing here, but I didn't want the responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. Especially when I'm working a full-time job yeah, all yeah. winter. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, the the snow removal part has a lot of liability uh, associated with it. Uh, and uh, I've been hearing uh, from lots of guys throughout the industry as well that the uh, insurance um, has just skyrocketed in the last uh, year or so, um, like just astronomically uh, went from, you know, completely different uh, ranges of the spectrum over, you know, the course of one year. Uh, and it was just, uh, it's it's very tough for guys, especially here um, in uh, where I'm at, Pacific Northwest, because there's no guarantee that there will be snow. Uh, so to be paying uh, those insurance rates uh, in the, you know, uh, hope that maybe there will be uh, becomes uh, very, very tough. I know a lot of guys here have struggled uh, with that portion of it. It wouldn't be as bad. Well, it's still always is, uh, you know, not fun paying uh, huge increases in any uh, sort of uh, thing that you need, uh, you know, including uh, fuel prices right now for uh, businesses. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you don't even have uh the guarantee that uh, there will be any work uh, in that, uh, then it makes it more tough. But I think out there in the on the East Coast, you guys pretty much you guys have snow regularly. Yeah, pretty much. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't <laughs> that case, but it seems to be that case. We still probably got a lot on the ground now. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess because your delayed uh, spring startup for for mowing that you mentioned, so that makes uh, yeah a lot of sense here. Um, 
like I mentioned, we start up hey, every year. It seems to have gotten a bit earlier, like mid-March now. Um, so I, I'm planning on maybe starting to cut lawns next week. But there's already guys around me that have started uh, cutting lawns. Um, you know, yesterday was a sunny day and I was out uh, doing some maintenance on mowers, getting stuff ready. And I could hear lawnmowers already in the neighborhood. Uh, so I was like, oh, my goodness, like things seem to always be uh, getting sooner and sooner. Uh, every yeah. year and uh, a couple weeks ago already uh, like beginning of March uh, I already saw uh, companies going door to door with aerators and stuff so I was like oh they're really uh, <laughs> they're really uh, you know getting antsy to get out there and get things uh, going after uh, this winter <clears throat> um, so w- you mentioned uh, and I was confused a bit because you were talking about um the school so was the school that you were was that a lawn care thing that you were doing or was that completely different that's complete that's completely different thing through the summer we do like grass cutting at the school through the school but during the the school year i guess you would you would it's totally different oh okay okay so do you um then uh have you done any commercial properties for your lawn care maintenance um, or is it all just residential properties? Uh, it's mostly residential. I got one commercial property uh, that I have confirmed for this year. I had a second commercial property I had last year, but I dropped him in August for other reasons. Okay. So, with so I only have the one. Oh, you only have the commercial. one. Oh, okay. So your experience is limited to the one uh, property. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what was, um, what between residential and commercial from your limited experience doing commercial of the two, um, do you prefer one over the other? Did you enjoy doing that commercial property or? I enjoyed doing that commercial property that I lost. It was all, it was five. It was, probably about five acres in total four acres grass so it's just like almost like a straight field mm, okay so it wasn't too bad but there was there was reasons why i dropped him so yeah 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 that's <clears throat> there's there can always be other circumstances to that sort of thing but I, i'm always curious uh what people think um in terms of uh, commercial versus residential i know for me personally i've done residential and commercial and i prefer residential but i have talked to other guys that uh much prefer doing commercial properties uh over uh, doing residential so i'm always curious to see uh, where people kind of stand uh, on that uh, side of the debate uh, and uh you know why uh, it is uh you know the way that it uh, it is in that uh, sense so uh the next question uh, that i have for you is one uh, that probably gives people uh the most pause for thought uh basically it's a question that um you know gives people the most trouble uh they got to take a moment to think about it uh but uh, I'm going to ask you the question, but I will give you a moment to think about it. We'll go to the podcast ads and you can think about your answer and uh, uh, get back to us uh, with that uh, when we get back. So the question is, uh, share a time with us when you struggled in your business and what you learned or did to overcome it. So we'll uh, get back with your answer in just a bit. So stay tuned. Hey, Lenny Magnell here. As a product manager at Xmark. 
I'm focused on innovations that keep your mowers up and running, so they'll be ready to roll whenever there's grass to be cut. Our new Tractus airless drive tires maximize the productivity and uptime performance of our Laser Z mowers. When combined with our semi-pneumatic front caster tires, Tractus eliminates flat tire-related downtime. When you've had enough of productivity-killing flat tires, it's time for Tractus. Learn more at xmark.com. Hey, Lawn Care Nation. Want to kickstart your lawn care business in the right direction? Introducing the Lawn Care Business Success Academy and the How to Price Lawns Profitably course. Save yourself the time and headaches of trying to figure out how to price lawn mowing jobs properly on your own. Learn about knowing your numbers and how to set a profitable hourly rate in five steps. Discover the five things to consider before quoting a lawn. What to look for when you're out in the field. How to spot red flags and what questions to ask prospective clients. Then learn how to put it all together and the best way to present a quote. So if you're ready to get your business on the road to profitability, then head over to LawnCareBusinessSuccessAcademy.com. Okay, so uh, Jesse, share a time with us uh, when you struggled in your business and what you learned or did to overcome it. Yeah, well, I guess we can go back to one of my properties that I'd done. Um, you know, it was a good property to do. I never had any issues with them until well, it came time to pay because um, I gave them a deal. They were one of my probably first five customers. Okay. I gave them a deal where, you know, it's so much money for the year. And I gave them if they, the option if they pay, they can pay half up front and then half halfway through the year. Okay. Um, so the first time they had, they didn't want to pay, they had issues. So I ended up giving them a bit of a discount on the property. And then the second part of the year when they were supposed to pay the payment, they didn't want to pay it. And then, then they started complaining about a bunch of stuff. And so the only time they really had an issue with the way I'd done the job was when it came time to pay, to pay for the job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the way I, overcame them besides well i dropped them and still have not received the payment so best way for me to overcome that is i'm just gonna have to write it off as a loss of revenue mm-hmm. there's no other way around i tried a couple different options and they still don't want to get back to me and then they you know started calling me every name in the book <laughs> yeah I remember those days uh, when I was doing before a credit card on file uh, that I now um, only accept um, if they want me to do uh, work for them. Every client has to give me a credit card on file, including commercial properties. Um, but I remember those days and, you know, I could have, there was a couple of examples where I had really good clients um, that I thought were really good clients. Uh, They're friendly. They would come out and talk to me each week. They always complimented me on the work I was doing and all that sort of stuff. But there was always some point in time where people would, you know, they could be paying fine each week, each week, each week, no issue. Uh, and it could go for a couple of years and all of a sudden something would happen. And, you know, whether it's a circumstance in their lives or something like that, but then, you know, they would, 
not, you know, all of a sudden start being late on payments time after time. And it was, uh, you know, it would get really annoying and it would get um, uh, very awkward then. Uh, that uh, good relationship that you built with that client then kind of turns sour and you're, um, you know, you're stuck in a predicament because you're, you know, uh, with the way I do it, I would bill clients uh, once a month at the end of the month. So I'd always be, uh, you know, at least four, maybe sometimes five mowings in when that bill came due. Um, and the grass isn't, uh, you know, it doesn't know that the person hasn't paid the bills and it keeps growing. And you're in this predicament of, okay, well, do I, you know, no payment has come in? Do I skip it? And, you know, uh, see, but then next week, uh, you know, that's just going to be more work for me uh, to do double uh, the amount of grass and all that sort of stuff. So it was always a pain uh, to deal uh, with trying to collect payments. Um, it, you know, and I would have to, you know, be constantly phoning people. I remember, um, you know, going to people's houses again, like in the evenings um, after supper time and seeing, you know, their car in the driveway and then just, you know, kind of uh, surprising them at the door, knocking at the door and stuff. And and that's how finally they would, you know, give me payment when they would know that, okay, this guy's not going to stop. <laughs> he's not going to stop. And I was like, this is like so useless. I'm the amount of times that I'm coming to try to collect payment, you know, all these trips each time it's like, I'm losing money. Like it's devaluing that, that work that was owed to me uh, and stuff. And it was always a pain and uh, going to credit card and uh, asking for credit card on file. Yes, it does cost a percentage and stuff that you have to obviously pay, but the stress alone uh, of not having to deal with that and knowing that, uh, you know, you're getting paid each time. I'm the one that runs those credit cards through at the end of the month. It's not me sending them an invoice and waiting for them to pay and all that sort of stuff. It was a huge game changer uh, for me. Um, in fact, I've talked about how with the system that I have, um, that I'm on like this uh what do they call it? Like a flat rate fee for my credit card fees. I've been very fortunate to find a company that did that, but then they sold their accounts to somebody else last year. And they say they're, they're not changing the pricing. Uh, but, uh, my brother-in-law, who's also with the same, um, he's experienced that they've changed the price on him. So he's been considering finding another credit card merchant company to go with. And he's like, you know, talking about the struggles of it and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, you know, I may just go back to doing like e-transfers and stuff. But then he's like, but then it's that whole trying to collect payments again and going through all the headaches and stuff that we went through. And I was like, yeah, you know what? It's not worth it. Like, even if you got to pay a little bit more for the credit card processing, it's definitely the way to avoid those situations of uh, clients uh, not paying or being late on payments and, and stuff like that. Definitely something uh, I would recommend to people. It costs. Yeah, a actually bit. that is, that is something I'm actually looking into like this year, last year, I just used Excel spreadsheets for everything, but this year I actually started using uh actually just started setting it up with a yard book. Yep. And how so you- now I'm giving the people the option to pay by credit card and stuff. Mainly I accept e-transfers. And with this one property that didn't pay me, I basically cut it all of August for free. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's- because that's, that's the deal I made with them was, you know, you pay the first of May, you pay the first of September, which I, that was the only property I'd done that for. And I do still offer the deal where you pay half up front and halfway, halfway through the years. So now I do May 1st and August 1st. And if 
any of my clients that pay weekly or biweekly, if they don't pay me because I accept e-transfers, if they don't pay me, I just don't go back the next week and do it. And then nine out of 10 times, they usually send me the money within a day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, you've got uh, basically a little system going on there that uh, is working. You're going to get uh, those hiccups once in a while. But yeah, going credit card, I think, uh, is a smart uh, a smart choice for you as well. Um, you mentioned Yardbook there. Uh, so uh, how is your experience uh, uh, adopting that? Uh, well, so far, it's not too bad. All I got right now is my customers punched into it because I just started it probably like a month ago. Oh, okay. I'm still, I got probably about 26 clients from last year that accepted me and that are willing to take me back this year. I'm still waiting to hear back from a few more. So all the ones that accepted me to go back this year, I got them put into yard books already. So once I get more put in, then I'm going to do the, uh, you can, you can do the mapping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give that a try. So it's still a work in progress. But you're finding it uh, easy to navigate and use? Yeah, so far it seems to be pretty easy to navigate and use, and everything's right there. So, Yeah, it's handy to have some um, sort of CRM, regardless of whether it's Yardbook or Jobber or whatever. You know, there's so many choices. I actually have a list of a bunch of them uh, for people that are interested on uh, my website as well. If you go to the resources page, there's a link there uh, that goes to like software and I list uh, like 10 or 12 different options there and sort of uh, kind of briefly uh, talk about what each one kind of offers. And there's a link that you can uh, for each one to go to their website. And if you want more information from each of those kind of uh, just um, put them all together uh, so in one spot. So it makes it easy for people to kind of uh, look at and compare uh, sort of the basic features of each one. Um, but yeah, Yardbook is very popular because um, obviously it's free to use uh, in the beginning um, and they've got tons of features. And over the uh, past few years, they just keep adding more and more. It's, uh, you know, a nice uh, uh, one to uh, get your feet wet with and, and start if you've never used uh, any sort of a CRM type uh uh, software. So yeah, that's, uh, it's good to see that, uh, you're going from what you were saying, uh, Excel. I was using Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, a little bit more, uh, labor intensive and doesn't have all the sort of the scheduling and all that sort of, uh, stuff with it as, uh, as well. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so one of the most common questions uh, that I get in my business when I'm uh, meeting people for the first time or talking to clients and, and all that sort of stuff is they'll ask me, uh, so uh, what do you do in the wintertime uh, when it uh, you know comes to you know, obviously lawn care and lawns aren't being cut anymore? So is there uh, obviously a, there is a winter there in uh, where you're at. Uh, so uh, what is it that you plan on doing uh, in the winter? Because you were mentioning that uh, you don't want to do the, the snow removal no i didn't do the snow removal this year i may do it the following this year coming mm -hmm. um one of the reasons i didn't do it this year was while well, i worked full-time for the government yeah nights but also I had i had a surgery there just before christmas oh, okay so i wasn't able to do a whole lot for a bit okay. so i just pretty much worked my full-time job with the, with the public school and just you know, started well. Looked in the yard book and redone my logo over this year from last year, and okay. revamped my uh, flyers from last year because I offered them a bunch of services last year, like driveway scraping and everything. Oh, okay, just because of the type of weather we get here. But 
I wasn't getting any calls or anything on it. And then I was also offering a little bit of mini excavator work because I got a guy that would, would do it for me. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't getting any calls, so I dropped all that this year. So this year I'm just focusing on the grass cotton. I'm hoping to get a few mulch jobs this year. I didn't do any last year, but I was working 18-hour days. Yeah. Um, and do- I'm offering aeration this year. Okay, and yeah. I'm also offering a lawn rolling this year also. Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. Do you do any of the like fertilizing and um, uh, that sort of stuff there? I done some there last spring, but it's not like the like liquid fertilizer and stuff you would use, okay. like the fertilized through companies. It was just the, the stuff you put in spreaders and stuff. Yeah, that's what I use. I don't I don't do because any, I, any liquids. I called the, I called the government office here, and I wanted to check into it because I had a couple people ask me about it, so I wanted to check into it to see if I was allowed to do it. And they told me I was allowed to do it as long as they didn't have to do it with like. Like the can like the liquid chemicals and stuff, and then I'd have to go and get licensed for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's similar to where where I am. If it's, um, and it's not so much even liquids where I am. It's uh, as long as it's not uh, any sort of like a herbicide or pesticide. So if it kills anything, then I can't do it without a license. Uh, and but if it's just a regular uh, lawn fertilizer, uh, lime. Moss control, I can even do, even though moss control is to kill moss because it's uh, just iron, uh, a natural uh, substance. It's uh, it's fine to do as well. But when you get into all of those uh, nasty chemicals and stuff, and that's when you have to have a license. And I did have a license for a bit uh, in the beginning. Uh, ironically, um, I went and got uh, licensed, uh, but it was through doing the courses to get the license um, that, uh, after I, I did the final exam and passed, uh, and they said, basically, congratulations, uh, here's your, uh, your, you know, certificate. And I said, great. But, uh, from what I've learned in this course, I'm never touching that stuff again. <laughs> and they said, they said, you're not the first person to say that. And I was like, yep. And, and I held through, I had that license. It was good for three years. I never once used it. After that, uh, I just was like, nope, I'm not. Nobody's lawn is worth me messing with those chemicals. It's not worth it to do. And ever since, I've just done just fertilizers and uh, just basic stuff. Uh, And it's worked out great, just sort of promoting the lawn instead of uh, doing sort of Band-Aid fixes with chemicals and stuff like that, just promoting the soil and uh, and that sort of uh, approach uh, to it. So, yeah, interesting uh, that uh, Europe. Do you guys have there on the East Coast, like here, because we have all the moss and stuff like that, we have to do uh, moss control uh, is very popular, um, as well as uh, we have to do lime uh, and stuff to correct pH uh, issues as well. Any sorts of uh, that to where you're at? Uh, Well, there's a, I don't know, there is a bit of moss around here, but I don't see a whole lot of it in the properties I deal with. Oh, okay. Uh, and I'm not familiar with anybody taking care of moss. Okay. Now yeah. we do do a lot of a lot of the lawn care companies here, me included, do the fertilization and the the lime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the moss here is is uh, just a, a byproduct of the rain that we get. Uh, there's moss everywhere. Every lawn has moss in it. If you don't treat it, it will turn into a shag carpet over the next few years. It just takes over everything. I get moss even on my trailer when I park it in the winter. 
when I go back to it along the seams and stuff, there'll be moss spores starting. Um, everybody's roofs uh, are covered uh, with moss. They get You have to treat your roof all the time. You have it sprayed uh, to kill the moss uh, every few years and stuff. Uh, it's just because of just that wet uh, and overcast weather uh, all the time uh, that we get uh, so much moss here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I always joke with customers because they think... Um, when I go there and I'm going to, you know, f- uh, put moss control down on their lawns and stuff, a lot of them are under the um, expectation that, you know, they pay me once to go do this and their moss problems go away for life. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know that saying uh, about death and taxes being the only things, uh, you know, guaranteed in life? I say here on the Pacific Northwest is death's taxes and the moss will come back. <laughs> like next year, <laughs> the moss will be back. That's a guarantee. That's one thing I can definitely guarantee. I'll fix it this year, but... But with the rain that we get, it'll be back next year. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's uh, interesting. So what are your uh, future uh, plans and goals uh, for your business? Uh, well, I guess one of my future and goals actually is for this year. I'm planning on buy- actually buying my own property uh, rather than rent. But I like my 10-year goal is to expand the company over to the mainland mm-hmm. like nova scotia nova scotia specifically because we share the same area code oh, okay and i have a i my brother-in-law lives over there okay so i have somebody that can actually run it for me when i'm not there okay interesting very very interesting i've been um i'm not too familiar with nova scotia um, uh, admittedly, the only thing I think really know about it is what I see on uh, my favorite TV show is uh, that uh, Curse of Oak Island. So that's about, <laughs> oh yeah, that's about uh, no, uh, well, I'm a Prince Edward Island. Like I say, we share the same area code, but whenever people, whenever you say the East Coast Canada, they're like, oh, Nova Scotia, Halifax. No, sorry, I'm that little dot on the map that you barely see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the little dot. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so that's interesting. So you share the same area code, so it would be under the same phone number then. Yeah, yeah. So that would make it uh, quite convenient. Uh, and you're, uh, you've talked to your—is it your brother-in-law? You said you talked to your brother-in-law about this. He'd be available to be able to help out there. Uh, I haven't quite talked to him about a whole lot right now, but he's just got—he's they're living over there. They're not going to move back to the island anytime soon because uh, he just got a job with Air Canada. Oh, okay. Like working at the airport in Halifax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So I, I have him as as like a manager, I guess, if you would. Yeah, yeah, just to oversee it. Yeah, he'd have no problem doing that at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. So that's it. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, expanding uh, the plans. Is it uh, with the market that you're in right now? Um, is it fairly small? Like the population where you're like at particularly? Is that why you're thinking of expanding? Yeah. Probably not exactly. There's probably about 160 some thousand people on this island. Oh, okay, so that's a big. Um, there is just a lot of lawn care companies in like the capital city, like Charlottetown, where I'm based out of. Yeah, there's a lot of lawn care companies in that area, but there's also a lot of grass needs to be cut. Like we have our like vacancy rate for like apartments and stuffs only like one percent. Oh, okay. So there's all kinds of apartments getting built and everything. It's just, it doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's 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 work everywhere then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah, that's the the great thing about uh, grass. 
is that it, it keeps growing and, uh, you know, is one of my favorite things about uh, the lawn care industry versus other uh, businesses that you can run um, is that uh, it's weekly uh, reoccurring in a lot of cases uh, work that you're going back to those customers uh, to do uh, versus, you know, other uh, service businesses where you may just uh, be uh, doing a job for them once a year or, you know, uh, once every few years, like a plumber or something like that. Uh, you know, with uh, lawn care, uh, you've got pretty steady income uh, with those uh, clients. So it makes it uh, a lot uh, easier. Yeah. Um, most of my clients are, I'd say probably 75% of them are weekly. Yeah. Nice. And the other 25 is probably bi-weekly. Okay. Now, last year when I first started, I had a couple monthlies. Okay. Because they were like my first, they were within my first five people. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're more, um, you're more, more I, willing I to give them that. Yeah. I wasn't giving them that option this year mm-hmm. because yeah. it's too hard on the more. So the only option I'm giving them this year is it's going to have to be weekly or bi-weekly. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's times here where it depends on the summer. Like summer that we just had was a good summer, you know, grass kept growing. But summer before there was no grass growing after July. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can get it can get rough at times. Uh, I you know we that's the one thing we we do go through here, um, especially uh, again that global warming. It's good uh, as far as you know starting out the season earlier and you know extending the season a little bit later. But when you when you get to the traditional you know summer that we have here. Um, it has gone, um, you know, to the extreme level. Um, this past year, uh, it was the worst uh, that I've ever seen. I've never seen it that hot before, um, like Las Vegas uh, plus type temperatures uh, here uh, where we were at, um, like no rain, forest fires in every direction uh, where it was just like haze and smoke through the air for weeks and weeks. Uh, and the lawns were just for most people because we get so much rain. Probably, I would say at least eighty percent um, of residential properties uh, don't have any like built-in sprinkler systems. Um, it's just you know people will take out a garden hose with a portable little sprinkler and put it on there, and then because of the years changing and and you know uh, more hot weather during those summer times. Then water restrictions started being put in place a few, you know, uh, probably about 20 years ago. Uh, But they've gotten stricter and stricter to now where you can only water your lawn in, you know, between like, uh, you know, three o'clock in the morning uh, to like six o'clock a.m. sort of thing. Uh, Once a week was like last year. So the people that have those sprinkler systems, if they don't go and invest in like a timer to put on their hose uh, on like the wall, the spigot, they're not getting up out of bed to go turn on the sprinkler in, in the middle of the night and stuff. So you get a lot more lawns now where they're just so dry and crispy that you can't even uh, do anything with them. On the the nice side is that the rain seems to always come uh, like clockwork every September. Uh, so then uh, they quickly uh, green up again. But 
um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I can hear what you're saying there with this, the summer when you're not, uh, uh, doing any sorts of, uh, of those, a lot of them, uh, that aren't fertilized and stuff like that. It seems like you're going there just to knock dandelions, uh, down that, uh, gets so, uh, unattractive looking on the lawn, uh, during the summer. Uh, but the lawn, like that grass, you can still see the mowing lines, um, from like, you know, two weeks earlier, um, just uh, because it's just so dry and crispy. Uh, so yeah, that's a, a tough challenge. I think for any business is, uh, uh, the weather when it comes to doing, uh, lawn care and that sort of stuff. Uh, so <clears throat> we've talked about your, uh, future plans and goals for your business. And we've talked about the winter. Um, so uh, this next question that I have for you is probably the only other one that really kind of gives people uh, some trouble or pause for thought. And that is share the weirdest thing that you've ever seen or has happened to you during the course of business. Is there any fun stories or anything that you can share that you've uh, witnessed during business? Not really. No, i most of my stuff. I do midday. Everybody's at work. You know, I don't see anybody. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really had any, funny moments but again my i was getting my brother to do all my work for me all spring right yeah yeah most of the summer but yeah. this year you know hopefully i'll see some funny things i'm doing it all myself this year so yeah yeah well you'll and and it was only really your first uh real season too yeah it's um, my first season yeah yeah so you'll you'll uh it's one of those things i've got a, a whole list of things <laughs> crazy stories that have happened to me uh, from, uh, you know, driving uh, brand new mowers through people's fences and having it teeter, uh, you know, uh, on the edge uh, with almost falling down into the next lawn below. I've uh, had uh, pit bulls and other dogs uh, charge at me uh, on people's properties. I've uh, had encounters with black bears while mowing people's lawns. <laughs> Uh, just all sorts of uh, crazy things that have happened uh, over the years. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a, a fun question to ask people uh, to see. But uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll have uh, your share of them to share uh, uh, in a few years uh, with uh, stuff that happens. So uh, what would you say uh, in your uh, limited experience of the one year that you've been in business, uh, what is the one hidden pitfall uh, with running a lawn care business that you see uh, prevents other people from succeeding. So this is maybe something that you've noticed other uh, businesses around you doing uh, that you think uh, uh, they could probably be doing a better job of. Well, I would say I've seen a lot of people, especially this summer, I shouldn't buy because of every, the pandemic and everything. I think there's probably a lot of them out there that aren't charging the right prices, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because they're probably just doing it for cash. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've heard, like, I've actually, last year I was doing one, pro- actually, done the same property a couple times. There's always this one person that lives across the road that keeps coming out and asks how much to charge the prop to do her property. I tell her, well, my minimum is this. And then she's like, oh, well, the guy that does mine only charges $20. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, I can't do it for yeah any less than the price I gave her you know, I still got insurance space, still got gas, yeah. phone bill to pay. I mean, yeah, my equipment and everything's all paid for. But I still have other expenses. Yeah, but your your equipment's paid for, but it still it it still has to be paid for. 
so you yep. can go out and, and take your own money and buy that equipment. But those lawns that you're, so you can say it's paid for in terms of like, you're not making a monthly payment on it, but it still needs to be, those costs still need to be recouped and paid back during that work. So yeah, that's all a cost that has to go uh, into, uh, you know, uh, doing those people's lawns. It's the same uh, sort of uh, thought process where people think, well, um, you know, you can upgrade a mower and buy like a bigger mower. And maybe you were mowing, um, you know, a person's lawn, say with a 21 inch push mower. And then you decide that, uh, you know, you can fit a 36 inch mower in this person's property. So uh, you decide it's a, a good investment to buy a 36 inch mower. And now you're mowing that property in half the time. And the customer notices and says, well, you know, why are you charging me the same? It's, it's only taking you half of as long as it did before true but it also cost me this much thousands of dollars to buy this mower to be able to do that uh so yeah there is no price reduction in mowing your lawn now uh, because it's taking me less work because now i'm using equipment that allows me to be more efficient uh, but it still has to be paid for uh so yeah it's interesting when you get uh, uh clients like that that don't understand and i always say you know you can't it's a big trap that people get into starting a lawn care business because of the low barrier of entry. And uh, they think, uh, in fact, I had somebody uh, text message me or email me um, a comment from one of my videos uh, asking how much I charge a week. And I, I, my answer to them was, it doesn't matter how much I charge a week. All that matters, that I said, that's the wrong, that's the wrong question. You shouldn't be asking me how much I charge a week. You should be asking yourself how much you need to charge a week because asking a person halfway around the world or in a different country or a different city how much they charge a week has no bearing on what your expenses are in your business and you know if you're just if you're not going to do the due diligence and do the work of figuring out your own pricing then it's like the blind leading the blind that you know if that person is charging uh and hasn't done their work and, and doesn't know their numbers and they're just throwing numbers out there thinking they're making money and then you're going to follow them with that pricing structure, then you're not making any money either. So when customers always say that, uh, you know, the last guy's charging you $20 or currently $20, like that's great. But, you know, that has no, uh, you know, like you said like, to, to that lady, like that doesn't mean anything to you. That person could have absolutely no idea what they're doing in business. And uh, it's funny, a lot of those customers too, they'll always be saying, you know, my last guy did it to, you know, uh, for this much. And it's like, well, what happened to the last guy? And then it always ends up being like, oh, I don't know. They don't, they don't show up anymore. They haven't been able to get a con. Well, maybe that's why, because they weren't making any money and they went out of business. So yeah, it's uh, always a struggle uh, with those types of clients, but you got to uh, just, uh, you know, stick to your, um, you know, guns, uh, so to speak. And uh, when you know, uh, you know, if it's not profitable, it's not worth doing. There's no point uh, in doing it. Uh, but uh, in the beginning, uh, like you mentioned, taking on some clients that are like uh, uh, monthly cuts and stuff like that, you're doing it because you have that uh, more time than work. So you're willing to do that to get your name out, get some experience uh, and learn the ropes and that sort of thing. But as you go on, as you mentioned that, you know, now you're uh, more and more going towards the weekly cuts and, and that not offering those other options anymore you start to see what is profitable uh, for you in your business. Uh, so if you were to start a lawn care business all over again, what is one thing you think you would do differently? Um, one thing I would do differently, and I actually still may do it this year, is get a second phone. 
Oh, okay. Because I started, I started using my personal phone. Yep. So now you know you get all these scam people trying to call too, but I have no choice but to answer the number if I don't know who it is because of the business. Yeah. So I should have got a second phone to start with, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I may still do it this year. Yep. And switch my business number over and let all my, you know, customers and stuff know. You know, I'm switching my business number to this just for that reason. So if I don't know the number, I don't have to answer it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a struggle, and and you know even if you, the thing though is even if you got a, a a different number or a second phone, then you could potentially then start getting those scam calls and stuff through that phone too, and you'd still be answering it. Um, so the the way that I have, especially because I do YouTube videos and my trailer is always in those videos with my phone number on it, and on Instagram my trailer is present with the phone number on it, so I get a crazy amount of calls uh each day uh i ended up just i put my all of my regular clients are in my contact list and on my iphone i go into the settings and there's a setting that uh, basically silences unknown callers um so only people that are in my contact list will actually ring the phone um the others are silenced so it still rings it still shows me somebody's calling but it just doesn't ring the ringer and stuff uh and then i just have a voicemail that says you know thanks for calling uh my company and uh you know if you're looking for a quote and that uh to uh either you know you can leave a message or whatever or uh the best way is just to go to the website and use the free estimate uh, thing and then they can put in their uh information their address and all that sort of stuff and people I found uh, that was like the best thing I ever did because now they do that. I get a, uh, it's clockwork. If it's a, a scam call or something like that, um, then that's like the last I hear of them or, and there's no, like no message or anything. Um, and if it's a, a real customer, literally like 30 seconds later, I get an email uh, that pops up and it shows me their information and what they're looking for. And uh, I take it from there. And that's the way I've handled it uh, just because it's just impossible uh, to be able to answer the phone when it's ringing that, that much. And those scam calls have just become, um, you know, just more and more, it seems every year. So it is uh, really annoying and it doesn't really matter or seem to matter that, you know, uh, laws and stuff have been put in place for like scammers and, and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't seem to deter them uh, to continually uh, always uh, try to call, but uh, it is uh, uh, what it is, I guess. Uh, you got to figure out uh, different ways around it. Um, what would you say is your biggest frustration about running a lawn care business? Uh when my customers don't pay me, I would have to say, yeah, that's probably my biggest frustration. And that doesn't happen very often, except for that one customer mainly, but all the rest of my customers are pretty good. They're easy to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they know if, if they don't send me the transfer right after I'm done in the property, I'll message them the next day and say, Hey, I'm waiting for your payment before I can go back and cut your property next week. And then, they normally get back to me, so yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. say if they don't pay me, that'd be the biggest thing. But I only had one of them so far, so oh, okay, yeah, yeah. One of those. It's one of those things where it's uh, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's uh, it's a huge pain. <clears throat> so, uh, what would you say um, is one thing that people don't realize about running a lawn care business? I would have to say some people don't realize is. 
it it's not hard to really do at times but it's i don't know how to explain it's like it's easy to do but it can be hard at the same time mm-hmm. depending on what you're doing and you know trying to get customers can be a little harder yeah think think before you start yeah yeah definitely and it's a it's a it's if you haven't run a business before uh, if you're an employee for you know a regular job and stuff and this is your first sort of entry into it um people don't realize that it is uh you know ever consuming of your time uh 24 hours a day you go from you know clocking in and clocking out and then not thinking about work you know in the evening stuff where when you're you know, in a business yourself, you are wearing every hat from marketing to answering the phone to doing the work to all of it. And uh, it is you will be thinking about that business uh, literally 24 hours a day. You will wake up in the middle of the night thinking about, you know, the first thing that pops in your head is jobs that you need to do the next day and, and things like that or, you know, ways. And sometimes it's an exciting thing that you're waking up and you're getting excited to get out there and do it. Other times it's stressing out about certain things and and the weather and, you know, jobs being delayed or stuff because of the weather. Uh, there's lots uh, to do. So, yeah, it's uh, ever-consuming uh, as well. Um, so we're down to uh, the last uh, few questions. Uh, what is uh, one resource that you use the most in uh, building your lawn care business? Well, there's not really one resource I use more than the other. I kind of use them all pretty much the same. Um, I've used Facebook, uh, Google My Business. Mm-hmm. I've used Instagram, and I also uh, got a website done up. Oh, okay. Um, I will say most of my customers come in probably through Facebook and referrals. Okay. More than anything, I think I only got one person, maybe two that reached out to me through Google My Business. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's opposite of uh, of me. It's uh, it's been all Google My Business uh, that uh, has been uh, uh, the prime driver of uh, new leads and stuff. Uh, uh, for me, so yeah, that's interesting uh, to see. How has the Facebook uh, been for you? Uh, it's not too bad. I mean, it seems pretty good. And you know, I I post, try posting on it once once a week or so. And same with Instagram, I try po- posting on that once a month. Mm-hmm. And then I'll also try to add a couple pictures to Google My Business, maybe once or twice a month. Mm-hmm. Um, now my website, I have it. I actually have it. It's not the best website, but it's it's a place for people to go, and I got it through Google. Oh, okay, yeah. It's still, you know, it's still a website. Still got the domain. You go to, you can click get a quote. Yeah, absolutely. I've talked about uh, with Google My Business how they also offer free uh, websites uh, for business uh, to do, and I've I've said the same thing. You know, it's not the uh, uh, you know the the best websites and stuff like that, but it makes me wonder how um you know google is the number one search engine in the world um where you know and they're very strict about websites um and how they display on mobile devices and that they you know with traditional websites if you're 
website doesn't display properly, uh, that they uh, will start to, um, it'll start to negatively affect how it shows up on Google search, because they want to promote only websites that are properly formatted and stuff and that uh, work on mobile because mobile is so obviously dominant now everybody's got smartphones and stuff like that um so i I always thought it's interesting that they're offering free websites because obviously their websites will be properly uh formatted and stuff for mobile so will that give websites on google's platform uh a step up uh, in terms of search uh, results and stuff versus somebody who has a website uh, that isn't uh, built on Google's platform. Uh, obviously, there's no evidence or anything to the thing, but it just makes you wonder about that since they're so strict. Yeah, about- well, well, I will say it's not free. Um, I think it's like 20 bucks for the year. Well, yeah, because you're paying just for the domain name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's free. And then if you want to I'll personalize emailing, you know, it's so much money a month or something. But yeah, I'll yeah. Just G- Gmail. Yeah, yeah. But it's that's peanuts compared to paying, you know, yeah, a, reg- exactly. a regular website. You're basically just paying for your company name dot com or dot ca or whatever it is uh, that you're uh, that you're using. But you do that anyways, even with a regular website, you got to pay that yeah. that fee. Plus, then you're paying for the web hosting and somebody to design it if they're doing that and and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> interesting. Speaking of websites, I actually, it's kind of funny because back, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I had someone message me, like actually sent me a text message wondering if I wanted to buy, I guess there's an efficient lawn care in the U.S. Oh, okay. So anyways, this person messaged me and asked if I wanted to buy their domain, which is the same as mine, but instead of .ca, it's .com. Yeah, yeah. I didn't buy it, but it was just it was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. There's a lot of uh, <clears throat> people that uh, uh, will do that, um, and uh, there seems to be a, a whole other business too that people go and buy domains that they think will be popular and and kind of uh, sit on them, uh, hoping that one day uh, you know that they'll uh, be able to cash in on those names uh, as uh, they become obviously uh, harder and harder uh, to find. Uh, you know, those names, especially it was really popular in the beginning uh, with the dot coms and all that sort of stuff uh, to find uh, names that uh, will work. So uh, down to the last two questions. Uh, this next one is one of my favorite questions to ask, and that is for you to share your best piece of advice with those just starting out in a lawn care business. But I want you to come at this from the point of view that the person that was asking you this would be somebody that you like and that you know and that you only want to see uh, them succeed. So if somebody like that uh, were to come up to you and say, Jesse, I'm thinking about starting a lawn care business. What's your best piece of advice for me? What would you say? Well, I would tell them I, to go for it, and uh, I'd also tell them, you know, you don't necessarily need to get, I guess you could say, your zero turn right away. Yep. I said, even if you got a lawn tractor, you know, you can start you can start advertising. And then once you start bringing in customers, you can, you can go and get a bigger mower. Like, I was originally going to start my business with a lawn tractor. Okay, yep. And then... So I had that in the, I already had that and I started advertising and then one guy, actually the guy that sold me my zero turn reached out to me and said, oh, I'm getting out of my business. I just wonder if you want to buy all my stuff. I said, well, I don't want to buy all your stuff. I said, but I will buy your mower and I will buy your hedge trimmer and your uh, grass trimmer. Mm -hmm. And then he asked if I wanted to buy his client list too, but I didn't buy his client list. 
So with that mower, after I got a couple people that paid me up front, even before I started to work, that's when I went and got my zero turn and I didn't end up cutting any grass with the lawn tractor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're... So yeah, I would, I would tell them to go for it and tell them you don't necessarily need all the high end equipment to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's obviously doable with anything. Anything will cut, uh, any piece of equipment will cut grass. Um, and, uh, you'll learn, um, though the value, the busier you're getting, the more lawns you do, you, you do learn the value of actual commercial equipment, uh, you know, with that, uh, just reliability and stuff over time. Uh, but it's still doable. Like if, uh, I always tell people, like if you're in a situation like me where you're doing mainly really small properties that you need like a 21 inch more or something like that, then definitely I would say, you know, buy a commercial 21 inch more and stuff if that's your main business. But if you only have like maybe two or three other like large properties to do, then buy a lawn tractor. Don't, you don't need to go spend 10 grand on a, a big commercial zero turn. If you're just going to do two or three other bigger properties and you don't want to turn them down, use a lawn tractor. I used John Deere lawn tractors for many years in that scenario where it was just two or three customers a week with a bigger property uh, and everybody else was like commercial 21 inch uh, mowers that I was using. Uh, so yeah, it's a uh, uh, doable, uh, you don't have to get into a mountain of debt uh, to start out. Uh, so last question for you. And that is how can people follow you online? Yeah, well, you can follow me online either by going to my website, efficientlawncare.ca or on Facebook at Efficient Lawn Care PEI. Okay. Well, I'm also on Instagram at Just Efficient Lawn Care. Awesome. That's great. I'll uh, put uh, links to those in the podcast show notes. So thank you, Jesse, for uh, taking the time and coming to uh, talk to us on the, the, the uh, podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Awesome. So there you have it, Long Care Nation. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoy that uh, value-packed interview episode with Jesse O'Brien from Efficient Lawn Care. Uh, as I mentioned there, I'll leave uh, some uh, links uh, to uh, ways that you can follow uh, Jesse online in the podcast show notes. So that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now. <laughs>